Gladiators, welcome back. Today I have a beautiful, special guest with a special gift we're going to talk about later. Ralph Tabas, a man I have actually got to know a little bit about recently. The funny thing is, I actually heard about your vehicles and I heard about you recently. So welcome to the arena. Thank you. I'd love to know your story. We Here we are in Dubai. I know I've got a little bit of snippets. You were in England, Greek, Lebanese, Cyprus. Tell me, how old are you? What are you doing at the moment? And then we can go back. And what brings you here? Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here, first of all, in the arena with a gladiator. You know, just feel like I'm fighting something, some lions. Well, Greeks and Persians. This is going to this is going to end up bad. This is going to end up bad today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, you guys win every time. So <laughs> I don't know how, though. Um, well, thanks for having me, first of all, and uh, oh, thanks for the introduction. So I'm I'm Ralph, and I'm the founder and CEO of Debbie Motors, which uh, I created 15 years ago. We've been in the UAE for around 10 years. We're actually celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year with the opening of our new plant uh, in Dubai. Um, I'm Lebanese Greek, born in Cyprus. We won't hold it against you. Yeah, just uh, be friendly. <laughs> I'm raised in Lebanon, studied in the UK, and uh, went all around Europe you know, before deciding to come back to my hometown in Lebanon, set up W Motors. And then a couple of years later, once we were ready to launch it to the world, we, shut a, we set up shop in Dubai in 2012, end of 12, beginning of 13. And... Uh, We've been here for that time. Were you born rich? Uh, <laughs> the reason for that, because I tell you why, because the viewers who are listening and watching, the moment you say car manufacturer, think billions. Right? Yeah. Cost factories, millions and hundreds of millions. It, it, is, it is a very heavy investment, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, just to put things into perspective, the company is not a family business. It's my, I created this from scratch. My father comes from the chocolate business, nothing to do with what I'm doing, you know, and and I wanted to branch out and do my thing. Um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So from my grandfather to my father to my uncles, all of them are entrepreneurs. So I had this in my blood since I was a kid, you know, to get to you know the thrill and take the risk like everybody does. And uh, I went for it, but just went with my dreams. So I decided to study automotive design. I did a master of car design. Uh, I had this fashion since I was a kid, wanted to build something, build a supercar, you know, like everybody else. Right? And, and then this shifted from uh, building a supercar to building an industry, to building ecosystems. So, well, how can we make something different? And I identify the Middle East to be the perfect target to say, you know, we should come here. We all love cars in the Middle East, but nobody has built cars in the region here. So let's start building. And it was a 10-year plan. I knew that's going to take 10 years to build the credibility, to build the partnerships, to build the leadership that needed for that. And we did it. So 10 years later today, in the evening, we became the first car manufacturer in the region, building full-fledged automotive cars from a school all the way to a full vehicle coming out, completely certified on a global, uh, global level. So a huge milestone that was done for the region. And it took a lot, a lot of work to get here. Amazing. Going back to the beginning. Yeah. Okay. What was your first step into entrepreneurship? Did you, oh, first of all, when you're in university and you're learning about designing cars, was there a particular car you admired or a designer or a story of a what, car manufacturer, when, Honda or? When, when I was a kid, I had, you know, we all have our fetish, you know, beautiful cars that we always have. Let's not talk about our fetish. Yeah, let's stick to cars. Let's talk about cars, you know. Yes. We have these, uh, you know, yes. idle cars. Let's, let's keep it clean. <laughs> And uh, we all love, you know, these Lamborghini Countach, uh, you know, the Gandini cars back in the days, you know. And there was there were a few cars where I, used, I remember I used to play with them, you know, these model cars. Uh, the Ferrari in order to get to GTO. Uh, then you had the Ford G340 concept. I don't know if you remember this. I do. So I had a glass roof. Yes. Glass roof. It's a white car with a big rectangle as an exit. Stayed as a concept, didn't it? Never, yeah. It was a concept. And this, this remained in my mind. So why is this car so different? Why does it look so different? And this intrigued me into working you know, my mind into how can people design cars like that. And then came, you know, the, for the Citroën GT concept in 2005, 2006, which was a concept car racing. They made a few of them, actually. They made, I think, seven or eight of these in the world, but they're purely for Le Mans racing, you know, Gran Turismo style. And this was the beginning of the rest of the things together. So these cars were always there. Mind there was one particular designer that you admired, you, and you like, kind of like, although you probably didn't know them, you thought, I like to be like, I didn't know anything about car design. You know, when when I was a kid, I was just like cars. I didn't know who the designers are. I didn't even know there was something called car design back then. I thought it was just a factory that builds cars and takes it out and yes. it happened to look like that. Yeah. And I thought it was architects working on that. You know, we, we don't know. Engineers and things. Forget, I'm coming from the Middle East here. I'm coming from the region here. We're not necessarily educated when it comes to the culture of car and automotive design here. We just look west to the west or east. Yeah. And everybody that graduates here, you have to be a doctor or an architect or a businessman. That's it. Just go do your thing. And that's what I wanted to do. I wasn't 
I wasn't good in school. I was just a random, you know, average student, but I had this passion and I was a dreamer. So whatever happens at university, I got accepted in agriculture, that's the industry agriculture. And then I said, let's do graphic design, which is great. And I started graphic design. That's how I started. And then one year down the line in Lebanon, I was doing a graphic design, not car, just graphic. That's how I started in Lebanon. I didn't know there was a car design thing, but I always had this passion and sketching cars and stuff. Yeah. And one year down the line, I realized that there is something called automotive design. And England was the best place for it, which is Coventry University, which is the best university in the world. No, I didn't know. So I just, and then what? They tend to go to crew. Because it's not that far away. Exactly. Yeah, it's Bentley and that's it. So that's, that's exactly it. And you had many design centers there in the area. Center. So I applied for Coventry and many, many more universities there just randomly. I didn't even think I'm going to get accepted. And I just got accepted to a few in these, one in New York, one in Bayern, you know, Sunderland University. I said, what are these universities? And Coventry was still pending, pending. And then a few months down the line, I got accepted in Coventry. It was a one-night decision at that point. So I just packed my stuff and... Family supported you. So off you go, chase your dream. Do your thing, you know, just so wow. know what, when you're ready, when you're, when you're done. You know, so I did it. And from there, it was either a choice of working for someone, you know, or just working as an employee in a company and growing there, which is which like everybody does. And I thought that's the only way to do it. And as a European citizen, because I had a Greek passport, I was sponsored by the European Union to choose any company I want in Europe for six months and to work there paid by the EU. Because I was... Pretty good in car design, which is strange enough. You found your passion. I found my you passion. You got in there, and as a student, they recognize your they did. gift. But what's what's amazing about it is that, yeah, if I recall back, I, it was never in university. It was all about finding solutions in my own way. I attended 14 days of class, you know, in four years, which is unheard of. Nobody knew me up there. They just saw this guy comes in, submits, and leaves. But I wanted to do my own thing. So what were you, you were Googling? No, I was working on my business plan for Debbie Motors in the other back end at home. So I was Things. I had as a student, as a student, that's how I started W Motors, and I was working on the fashion. I was traveling to Europe and onto the motor shows, to Paris. I was literally trying to learn the industry. How do you build cars? Not only how do I. So the thoughts of God is going to be too expensive. I can't afford it. That didn't even cross your mind. Of course it did, but I said it didn't stop me. I knew that I didn't have the money to do it, but I thought let's at least have an idea of how much it cost. Let's a lot of people way to won't do it. start their business because they have a fear of the money. Right? They can't raise it. Do you think at any time you have to raise money? Uh, to be Would honest, it be easy, difficult. When I was a younger, I was maybe stupid. That's why I didn't think that was going to be a challenge. I thought everything, you know, could be done possible. Yeah. And uh, I think it's an advantage to be like that. You know, not to take it, you know, be scared and wait. Let's go for it. Go for it and see what happens. What what would happen? I can't raise the money. Doesn't work. Great. I continue doing something else. And that's my thought. My channel thoughts like that. And the click happened in 2006, where I met the company called Magna. In, um, in the Paris Motor Show. So Magna, Magna Steyr was the largest engineering company in the world. It's so huge, based in Austria, Canada. And I realized that maybe 50% of the car companies in the world don't build very cars. They actually get engineering companies, they make a contract, and they let them build it for them, which means that your CapEx investment is much lower than, than you had in mind. Do you mind if I ask you, because I'm really interested. Yeah. Do you mind if I mention brands? It's okay. We're not going to get sued here, are we? Do you have a Porsche or a Lamborghini stuff? You tend to think that Porsche have their own engineers and own designers, and Ferrari have their own. That that is not no. the case. So Ferrari is the best example, actually. Mm -hmm. Ferrari never engineered their car seat. That's my information. It's just a brand. Ferrari is a brand. They build the concept. They design the car. They style it, and then they take the design. They take the specification. Like they did. Well, it's like a wish list. They make their engines. Ferrari makes their engines and their chassis. They're different. And then they send this to a company called Magna in Italy, Magna Shire in Turin. And they say, here's the car. You have 12 months. Engineer the panels. Engineer the car. Make the tooling. Make the molds. And send me the ready beef for one stuff. Now, Ferrari ends up building their car themselves, but they don't engineer it. So the scalp is in between. Other companies go the other way around. They don't even build their cars. They go all the way to Magna or other companies like Magna, for instance. And they tell them, okay, here's the concept. Here's the car. Build it for me. I'll guarantee to buy 100,000 cars from you every year. I'll put my logo on it and I'll sell it as a BMW. And Magna manufacture as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Magna does the they're not just an engineer, but they're a manufacturing yeah. Yeah. So It's like televisions. Like one's Panasonic, one is Sony, but they're all the same. So yeah, it's one major supplier. It's a, it's a contract manufacturer globally known. That's an example. There are many other companies. And they've never thought of putting their own brand on it? They're not allowed to because uh, they work with so many brands. Mm -hmm. It becomes a conflict of interest. And other brands don't worry about the, the secrets being shared. The, the best example is the Mercedes G-Fast. You know the G class. How old is this car? It's probably maybe 35, 36 years old. The G class actually designed, engineered, manufactured, created by Magna Steyr in Graz in Austria. Did you know that? No idea. Yeah. 
and they're the manufacturing plant they're still ongoing for the past 36 years same for the g-class in austria it was built for the military initially the shifted to mercedes-benz this was never a mercedes car it was never built or engineered by mistake just for you to know so these are examples of people so through the channels through the branding they make the margin thank you so much yeah somebody else name. so this is my eye-opener when i saw that i realized that there are many ways we can build cars. Doesn't have to be, I have to build a factory and engineer something. So let me see how I can do it. And that's how it started. And then I realized that with a very small budget, I can start taking the first step into work and then learn how to take it like the, the next stage. And that was the beginning of building motors. You kept looking at your watch, so we don't have that long, right? Because oh, I no, can, no, no. I can talk to you for hours here, right? I'm Literally. Just, I'm just saying the Apple Watch actually rings every time I get a message. No, no you should have switched it off. So, <laughs> you funny. know, the other day, uh, actually two days ago, we had a podcast with quite a VIP. And I get carried away. And the 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 person I'm interviewing gets carried away. It could be two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah. So I said it's much by a digital clock. And we forgot that the alarm was set on it. So halfway through the alarm's going off. And we just like so um Oh, I'm dying to talk about this car. Is this your first first of all, viewers, when I met uh Ralph, he brought this beautiful beautiful wife, they brought this amazing gift for me, and I can't wait to ask you loads of questions. Is this car your first design? No, no, no. This is the second model we made. Uh, the first one was the Lycan Hyperstator, which was launched in 2013, uh, 10 years ago. The Lycan was famous for its uh, hero scene Fast and Furious 7, where it's the red car flying from one building to another. I'm pretty sure, actually, Vin Diesel looks like you. Yeah, Vin Diesel looks a bit like you. Very strange, yeah. But uh, I look like a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. like Donna White. I get it all. Yeah, 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 yes. But yeah, so this was our car. Uh, the other day, somebody came to you, Ronaldo. <laughs> and, I, and I googled him. He's like this fat guy now, Ronaldo. Oh, you don't. oh no, I'm not. Yeah. You're, you're much more fit. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So the Lycan was the first creation we made, and that was the where was this designed and manufactured in Germany? No, so Austria. the Lycan was the beginning of that. Let's just put it this way. It's uh, it's my design, my heart, Your baby. It's my baby. It took around five to six years to make. Uh, we started in 20, 2007, 2008. The design started in Lebanon. And then shifted, you know, to Italy when we met Magna in uh, 2009, when I signed with Magna Shire. Magna Italy took on the engineering, certification, manufacture of the car, make sure we get a car that's completely globally certified. So it's not a concept car, it's an homologated certified vehicle. And the target for us was to build only seven cars in the world. So we developed it as Ferrari develops their 20,000 production run, let's say, of the vehicle, but we did only seven of it. And we still have enough. Now, chassis number one is in our, in our office. You'll see it next time they come and visit it. So seven cars were built. Uh, we launched in 2013 at the Dubai, uh, sorry, was the Doha Motor Show in 2013, and then followed by the Dubai Motor Show in November, which was the official global launch. And this took so much hype that we got contacted by Universal Studios, literally a month after that. They were filming Fast and Furious 7 back then, uh, in the Middle East. It was filmed in Abu Dhabi. So they were looking for something from the Middle East, expensive. The Lycan was $3.5 million, so it was the most expensive car in the world when it came out back then. I remember. Yeah, I actually remember. They wanted something special. So they reached out to us. Um, we made a deal with them, which was unreal. We didn't pay a single penny. It wasn't a product placement. I didn't have money for product placement. But they paid for the car. They paid for 10 cars. Uh, they bought 10 cars. Of course, 10 cars, not the real car. Okay, look, because there's only seven. Yeah. <laughs> so we made 10 production runs for them. Uh, we signed with them a lifetime royalty deal, a lifetime licensing deal. And till today, we still get royalties from the movie for, the, for featuring the film. And they wrote the script around the Lycan, and the car was featured for over 10 minutes as the hero car of the movie. So uh, in these 10 minutes, how much that earned you per show? It's unbelievable. I was, it was really interesting. Besides the monetary, uh, I mean, the result that we got, just the exposure that we got, because having W Motors being put there on the international screen was phenomenal. Every single person on earth knew this car, the red car that flew with the one building to other human. And, and to tell you something, they actually did these stunts live, and I was there when they filmed it. So I was in Atlanta, they filmed everything there, they built the sets in a flat down. So they took two of ten of your cars and, and took them to Atlanta. And they destroyed them all. We shipped the cars by DHL. DHL, they came in with a red, yellow pack. I've never seen the car on a cost of the ten cars to them. To them, was around $2.5 million for the cars. And uh, the shipping alone was around $700,000 in one way, just to put them in a box and send them. Well, you know they're serious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, their budget was insane. They paid $300 million for the movie. So we were just a small part. And that's increased since. Yep. And the best part is after the movie finished, because in homage to uh, Paul Walker, who passed away during the yeah. film. Uh, so as a memory, we did a lot of tours, global tours. We went to Beijing, we went to uh, you know, the U.S. We did a European tour with them, with the whole team. And then the last remaining life that were in the movie that Paul Walker actually sat in, 
was signed by everybody and sent back to W Motors as an Oman. We have it in our in our show. They program. didn't have to. They didn't have to. They paid for it. Did you meet the stars? So of course, we went with them. Uh, Did you meet Paul Walker at the beginning? Of no. It? Paul Walker was actually, uh, I was in Atlanta when he went to uh, the Thanksgiving weekend where he had the accident. When he had the accident. Then I was there in Atlanta when he was back in California. Did you do some investigation on the accident? Because he was a Porsche GT, wasn't he? GT, yeah. yeah. But the driver was a racing driver, right? Yeah, but the car, the car was tuned apparently. And I'm not sure what happened, but the car is a dangerous pet. They just start driving. Because it was a straight road, wasn't it? And then they hit a tree. Or... I think they lost, they lost control with this. They went into the road. Yeah. These things happen, unfortunately. But it was... Uh... I always thought, was he a fast driver himself? Or because he was sitting next to the he never... Nobody knows what happened. There's a street in America. There's no... Uh, I don't know if you know about this. Uh, there's no lamppost, trees, or even just one lamppost. And every accident happens. Not that lamp. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because when people are spinning, all they think is avoid the lamppost. Yeah. And they hit the lamppost. Yeah. They don't focus on the space. True. True. They've got 359 degrees to hit, and they just hit that one yeah. degree yeah. lamppost. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ah, this right. was, uh, that's what the beginning of the, the life was the first car. Let's, let's go back. <laughs> when you approach this, again, what, what I'm, the feeling I'm getting is you don't have limited beliefs, right? You, you just go for it. Am I correct? True. You just go for it. So if I'm there, putting myself in your shoes, and then I'm going to have a meeting with these guys, the engineering company in Austria, Yep. Get to me. I'm thinking they want hundred thousand commitments. I'll be I'll it. be pooing myself. I'll tell you what, you know, when I went to Captain when I met Camperin actually, and so it was around thirteen years ago when I met the uh, Kate. Um and I told her, you know, she thought I was this crazy guy wanting to build this car. And you met her in Lebanon. I met her in Lebanon about thirteen years ago. But before that, I had met Magna, I remember in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven yes. Paris Motor Show. I gave them my car. Give them my car and said I'm going to be a car designer one day. You know, I'm doing this. I want to build a car. And they treat you with respect. It didn't but it just, just kept it there. It's not like ice cream. But uh, three years later, 2010, when we met before, when the climate always set up the design, the design was ready for bike and then this one. And I sent an email out to these Magna guys that I met. I had no idea who they were. They sent an email out. And I said, yeah, I'm this guy, you know, from Lebanon that wants to build this, uh, this car. They replied back. They replied back. They were right. We remember this crazy guy that came three years ago, wanted to build this, you know, three, four million dollar car. Would love to meet you again, and they remembered you. They remembered you. What do you think? Why was why did they? That was the maybe that was the only one coming from the Middle East wanting to build a car back then. Were you passionate about it? I was passionate about maybe it. That's it. And I was there, you know. And I told them, budget is under, you know, there is no limit until how much it's going to cost. I wanted to be the best car in the world. I had no penny. I had nothing, <laughs> nothing to my name. Either. But um, next morning I was in Graz, all by myself. I went to Austria alone with a business plan that I did myself. With a design of a car that I did, and I just walked into a boardroom with over 50 people sitting there, and all by myself presenting this car. And I had old wing, how old was 21? So you're, you're 20. I'm 36, I'm 36 years old. You're a baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm old enough to be your dad. Shame yeah, yeah. on me. <laughs> so I went, I started the company when I was Congratulations. So I took this in my hand, and I told them, I want to build this car. And back then, I wanted to build only one, not even seven. Yeah, you know, seven that even come across my mind. I want to build one of them, and there is no, no limit to, the, to your budget. Give me the best product. I wouldn't say that to an engineering company. For them, it's music to their ear. It's not like the company. I didn't say before, before coming, can we have a look at your bank statement? Oh, no, no. They're just, uh, I think they were just entertaining me to understand where this is going. Now, they did some research. We said two days there, workshops. And then they told me in Austria very clearly, we cannot help you. You know, we make mass production cars. We cannot make one car and stop the production. In Italy. But in Italy, that they had just set up, we could definitely help you to do something there. Wait, wait, stop looking at your watch. You're not going to answer it. No, but I'm just curious. It's just right? vibrating. And, and it's take uh... it and whatever it is, you're not going to deal with it. I won't let you. You're in the <laughs> arena. I'll, get, I'll stab you with one of my... Uh, All right. I'll stab you with this. So, <laughs> it's just a habit. I'm but just... I went to Italy. I went to Italy. And uh, I met the, uh, the guy Kate there. loves us. I'm giving him cheese. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, taking, he's taking it from you now. <laughs> so in Italy, I met the CEO who was back then appointed then. Uh, so you went back home and then came back. Came back to Italy. And uh, I went that time with two of my designer that we're, we're together just like friends of Coventry we're together we went there together we pretended to be all serious you know wearing suits and stuff. you didn't expect him to tell us say in your back they shot with some dollars no no no, no just uh, uh, okay <laughs> like you do so I went presented the whole thing and uh, strange enough you know these guys that I met uh, 13 years ago became my closest family friends now and uh, really it's unreal and I have to know Pignano and all the guys from my the senior was an old age uh, we, were, we are so close today that we're literally together every single week and, uh, did they ask you did they ask you 
Show some passion. Do you use trickery to get them? Or was like know. I don't know how yours people, faithfully, uh, or was it? I don't know how people see my emails or read my emails. But uh, you haven't looked back and think what was there. But something was there. We clicked from day one. And the only thing they wanted to do is said, you know, we want to be part of the story because we believe potentially this could be something big in the Middle East, and they want to be part of it from the beginning. And we took it as an adventure. And when I signed the first contract with them, and I knew that now with things like things are getting serious. We didn't have money. You had to pay, like you said. So we signed the first contract for three million dollars, and we didn't have a single dollar in our bank account. So we had to do something with it, and uh, that's where I started, you know, working my, you know, just ass off, ass off. To so what uh, about what about uh, they wanted money up front? I guess as a commitment. Yeah, right? so of course. So you had to go back somewhere and sell the story. Back, sell the story. Try to knock on every single investor, door, bank, uh, and everything was literally shutting in my face. So they dispatched him nuts. Yet. And I still think you're nuts. Yeah, congratulations, have to, rich nuts. You have to be nuts. Uh, nuts, but uh, but yeah. So and then uh, one of my close friends, you know, back then, uh, had convinced his father to be a seed investor in the company. He just has a small, with a small amount, that was enough for us to get us running, and we did it. So how much was the small amount? You needed you needed two million. It was half a million dollars back then, which was good enough to pay the first deposit for uh, for Magda, and, and then they keep running, and then keep on running for the rest. And then uh, this that's how it started. So how much did you raise in your first? You'll be surprised that till today, um, the company only raised for well, 15 years with our growth, everything that we've done, we were self-sustained. From 2017, we became profitable and uh, cash positive and growing. And the company was had organic growth since then. So we only raised nearly what, 27, 30 million dollars since the beginning of the company. So you became good at raising money. Uh, I, I wouldn't say we became good at raising money. We've been doing it for the past 15 years, but in our field of business, it's impossible to raise money. I'm telling you very honestly. Exactly, yeah. because everybody thinks it's like uh, opening an airline. The first thing you yeah, is you're not going to make it. Absolutely. You need mass, you need this, high cost. Yeah. So now, now we're at a level where the company grew substantially since the beginning. It's mm-hmm. a different companies. We're not doing super card only. Tell you more about what we're doing. I want to know. And now it's a level where it's 100% accurate. You know, we're talking about IPO stories. We're talking about the growth of the company, manufacturing plants, assets, government contracts. So it's a completely different company that shifted without me knowing it's going to be that big. You know? How much did you raise for the first car? The exact 2 million or 2.1 million? And we raised 6 million for the first, uh, first time. It, so it was became easier once you got your first 500,000, correct? No. I mean, first 500,000 was the opener. Yes. We were able to do some events, you know, get the attention, get the people there. And you can see it online. The first event, which Tavern is both, were actually from what to me till today, one of the best events we ever did. Beirut. I was going to say. We had 1,000 people there. It was a massive wedding, let's say, to celebrate the Motors. God knows what. Who helped you with your marketing yourselves? It was me, was Captain in the beginning. She was uh, she was a senior investor of time and motives. My partner. So uh, we've been doing everything together. Congratulations to you both. And then from there, uh, we went, uh, yeah. So some banks started supporting temporarily until uh, we realized they're not actually supporting. They're just there for, to make money, as any back bids. And then uh, you, you, you strike some bad deals. Looking back now, uh, of course, of course, listen, uh, many mistakes are made. Well, made and many mistakes from my part, of course, and I learned. I mean, without these mistakes, we still do every day. Right? We do, but without the mistakes I made 10 years ago, or seven years ago, eight years ago, I'll be doing them now. So I'm happy I did them a while back. Cost you a lot less than a lot less, and now at least we'll learn how to avoid these mistakes. Hopefully, that's the, that's a good, good lesson to learn. So, you got the car, congratulations, you made six million, age 20. Two, three, yeah. Yeah. Okay, were you not nervous when you looked from zero to all these noughts and a number before? Listen, when when you're young, you're gullible, and you're, like I said, again, I'm, I won't say stupid, but you're full with, you know, I had a thrill inside of me, I had the fire. Everything was, I'm there, you know, I'm on top of the world. You know, you're doing everything you can, everything's working out. You don't see the risk there. And for you, everything's working, you know, in the best place. So the risk wasn't there until you actually see the risk. So when you developing this first car, you were just yourself. Oh, yeah, hold on. Because you didn't need a manufacturer, right? nothing. They're ma- making it. It was myself with my two friends. Uh, one of them was still with us here in the company. He's uh, employee number one. 
and another friend of ours would back uh, one of the designers would help design the lichen as well. It could have been from a bedroom. It could have been from a coffee. We had an office. We had a beautiful office, actually. Mm-hmm. Very small office when you look back, but uh, we had a beautiful office. It was our HQ. We had not even like, to visit from it to leave us. We didn't have electricity downstairs. An elevator. We had to yes. walk up. This is the only one. Yeah. Only building, you know, a very old building. I used to go out. It's beautiful. But these memories, actually, we, we, we miss these. Yeah, you cherish. Everything is so different now that we actually cherish and miss these old memories at all times. So she had your fingers on the pole. She felt everything. Yeah, we used to do our painting the walls. Ourselves. See, do you ever, see, here's the thing. You were a designer. You had a passion for cars. Now you're a businessman. Yeah. Now, Does that, did it, did the passion suffer because you gained ups and downs and also emotional turmoil? You got staff, you got rents. Uh, the passion has always been there. It's always going to be there. But uh, you miss the times when I was just a designer. Back then I was a designer. Okay, the business side was there, but I had anything. If I was just coming together. But now I'm spending 90% of my time running the business. You know, relationships, uh, shareholder meetings, the investors, governments. Uh, it's more on the business side, financial side, which is quite heavy now. And then you have the, the design, which now we have designed directly, just leading the team, then all these things. But I give my input. And I wish I could spend more time just on how many staff were through here. We're nearly 100 people now, nearly 100 people now. So here in Dubai, we're growing to around to double in the next six months in our new place. Is it a challenge hiring the right people? Big challenge. Very big challenge. Sure. Especially here in the region, because uh, 90%, 99% of our staff are expats. All of them are expats. And to get the right talent to come here, you know. What to use as a career and stay. stay? Yeah, I mean, we have a, quite an attractive company, which is amazing. So a lot of people really want to work with Debbie Motors. It's some crazy things happening every day. But uh, it's like your arena, but on a you know, different, different kind of arena. Uh, but it's difficult to get the right talent with the right price. That's one. Second, to get local talent, which we're, we're aching to get. We really want to get local talent as well. Also difficult to start finding the right uh, caliber of talent that fits in what we're looking for. That's it. But I mean, a young company, I guess you want grafters, not just dreamers, we, not visionaries. We want everything. We want, we want a bit of everything. And now that we shift it to my got to back it up with work, right? Absolutely. That's work rate. That's a good work. But we shifted. I mean, the, if you look at the company five years ago, we were mainly getting designers, uh, let's say, back office guys. Nothing was on the ground. Everything was done by Magnab, the partner of the world. Now, since COVID, two years ago, that's where we decided to shift. That you know what, supply chain was impossible to reach. Our clients were impossible to get to be happy. Our contracts were going to be lost. We shifted to become manufacturing your company here in the UAE, and within ninety days, we became we started manufacturing cars here, which never happened. Same UAE, Dubai, or Abu Dhabi, or Silicon Oasis. That's where we took on warehouses. We hired some people. We cost a machine, and we built the first cars built there in Dubai. Oh, I'm going to go back again. Uh, what happened to your first car? First car. You built it. Sitting with you now in your showroom, in car your... number one, the chassis number zero zero one is with us. Yeah, so you never it. sold it. Oh, no, no, no. You get back to the guy, put your half a million. When here you are, no, 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 and no returns. No returns. I mean, the guys are shareholders in the company. That's up today. They went in. They went in twelve, thirteen years ago. Now they get so the valuation of the investments gone up multiple. They haven't taken anything out. The valuation's gone up. Maybe you know, you know how it is. Sure. So uh, these are investors that stayed with us from the beginning. So undersell yourself. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but you did extremely well. I'm proud of you. Thank Incredible. You. Thank so, um, so you got the first car. He arrived. Where did he arrive? Lebanon. No, the first mm-hmm. car was uh, the first car was a show car. It was uh, the model car that was arrived to uh, Doha, Qatar Motor Show. I was actually there alone building a stand where three days before being sure the year and then the team it was beautiful. That you know, the wife had left you by then. Yeah, she she decided. No, that I'm not going to part Doha. Of you can stick it there with one car, six huh. months of pain. So, so this was the first the beginning, and then uh, six months later we had the uh, Dubai Motor Show, which was in November, and that's where we launched officially like the day. Jumping, so you you arrived, the car arrives, Doha, you build this beautiful stand, and then what happened? You're like, okay, then I can't, I'm only building one. Yeah, <laughs> and you get orders for it, interest. What do you do with that interest? No, we, we're making seven. We change the strategy to make seven cars. Okay. So you have the one, you make six more. So one, which you take orders on, and then you make six more. So the other six that sold out in yeah. Doha, the, not a door. First car actually went on the news. The guy never paid, but uh, we sold it within three minutes. It's amazing. You know, one of the so you messed you around. Uh, yeah, you were there this popping champagne uh, bottles, spending it this all. Was a big, uh, this was a big. This was a big issue. Now, now we know it today. I used to sell. Um, I used to collect art, and the first experience I had was I went to an auction, and I gave it to the auction house, and the percentage was going to go to charity. And this guy bought everything. He never paid. <laughs> he got signed those. He got interviewed and everything, yeah. and he never showed up. Yeah, you see. You see a lot of these things, you know. Yeah. That was your first sale. Oh. Our first sale, you know, so 
It went, was it on CNN? CNN talked about it, the most intensive fire in the world. So for X amount in Iran. Z, was it local then? Yeah. Oh. So, uh, and then this never went. But anyway. No deposit? No nothing? You were dealing with a very high royal family. You had was it? Oh, no. So anyway, this was the beginning. The car after Don't the skip car. it because that's a pain, right? <laughs> you, you Again, you're jumping. You're making like, if I was, again... It's a long time ago. We don't. Uh, I know you don't. But the thing is, people listening—they yeah. having knockbacks in their life, yeah, okay? Yeah. And they want to learn from you how you overcame it. Because if I sold a two million dollar car or three something million, three and, dollars, half, three and a half million dollars, and then the guy disappears, I'll be—I'd have a pretty pissed off day, right? So I'll be a bit disappointed. How many orders did you get in Doha? No, but you realize that's the only one. The only one in Doha. So the only sale you did, the guy didn't pay you. But you realize later so on. Apart from jumping off a cliff, what did you, what, how did you well, overcome that? You realize later on that it's not the guy that didn't pay. It's actually the, the people that were mediating the deal that screwed no, up. He never yeah. showed up. It was they, 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 they screwed up the deal. There was somebody representing us who's with us, you know, with actually our team that said, you know, I'm here to help you and said that. And you realize this is what that's the Errors happen. Some, some miscommunication happened between these two and this never happened. Now, you realize this later on. And that's, that's one of the lessons that you learn. You know, just make sure that you have communication directly with the end user, not with your middleman that's mm -hmm. always in the middle. Even if you trust that person, nobody the knows. Is that person still with you? No. Surprise! <laughs> did, he, did he make it to Dubai? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he made it. Oh, he lasted that long. He's somebody from here. But anyway, um, the car went after that to uh, to Dubai Bocho. Actually, we were at the Bocho in uh, it was a first twenty thirteen, I think, March thirteen. And then I bring it to us. I knew so many events happened. We did everyone. Belgium with the car went to Kuwait. Uh, when did you sell seven? So it took us around a couple of years. Uh, the cars went after that, you know, to Miami. We did the U.S. tours, went to Pebble Beach, California. Then we did here. You see this order for three and a half million. Is in, I guess these people, some names you recognize, right? Of course, yeah. And you go, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. This so-and-so has bought my car. That's what, what's amazing about the car and what we created in Dummy Motors is more of a network of elite people that wanted to be part of this group. Mm. And it's, it, didn't be, it wasn't about the car anymore. It was about how can I get access to meet this person and do business altogether. Because and the people with the FU money, they don't care. They just want their very vehicle. The money's nothing. To it's something special to be here. And every single person that ended up buying the car, putting their pocket, buying, ended up doing business together. And we ended up on the cars. Let's talk about something else now. So. You have to mention names. <laughs> yeah, but they're good oligarchs. But did you at the time? No, no, no. Let's, uh, let's avoid that topic now. It's not the right time now. Who are the easiest people to do business with? Everybody was easy to do. I mean, everybody. Well, it's so positive. Everybody seems the. No, everybody seems difficult. Who are the most difficult ones? Everybody seems difficult because you're afraid to approach them. But once you're in and you're in at the same level, if you come in, they're phoning you up. Yeah, you're, you're there on a you know, a daily basis talking to them. You're okay, let's talk about. Right. You've been very diplomatic. Yeah. Right. Who buys the car and is on the phone wanting parts all the time, servicing, cleaning this. They don't do that. They don't. They don't do that. They have a team for that. And, uh, so the team is the pain in the ass. They are more of the Zen people that don't even know about the car. They're just sitting in the back. You know, well, I think the teams, they're panicking the ass off because, you know, their boss is just sort of hairy. Their boss wants to drive it that yeah. day. So it's a different, it's a different approach. You know? and these people, I like to know. And these people who buy our cars usually have at least 15, 60 cars already. It's not about the one or two cars or five, I mean, then 10 cars. We talk about much more. There's, um, there's me trying to impress you buying more. <laughs> and then you got people we have like, about five, actually, of one. Right. So, so yes, let's move on. That, 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 I, now we move on. <laughs> so that was a like The Lycan was a love story. The movie came out in 2015. It was phenomenal. They went, literally went around the world with a tour. People saw the credits, saw you and contacted you. Yeah, well, I caught anything. They knew the brand. Then we started getting followers. And then you maximized it, all of your marketing. Yeah. Everything became around that. And uh, this was the beginning of our entry to China. China started in 2015, right at the beginning of the launch of Apple Series 7. When did you start pinching the set? <laughs> I do it every day. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Thank you. Man. Incredible. And then, did you have a plan for a second car while you were, the first one was yeah. being built? So in 2013, when we launched the Lightning in the Dubai Motor Show, we already had the design of the new uh, showcase on the screen, then coming soon. And in 2015, which was the next motor show, we allowed to we launched the concept of the Pinier, which was launched at the Dubai Motor Show at the Pinier. And in 2017, we actually launched the car at the Geneva Motor Show uh, for, for our first time in Geneva, where 10 years earlier, I took Catherine there. We just went there and I told her one day, she stuck it out. Yep. 
She came back. She came back. She said, you know what? I want to be back. You're not so crazy after. No, but Geneva was amazing because 10 years earlier. You have kids? Uh, back then, we didn't have kids. You have kids now? Yeah. Yeah, we have two beautiful kids. How do you mean? Of course. How do I know? Because when you're you not make, even sharing with your client base, you're going to tell me. When you're doing cars like these, you need to share it with these beautiful uh, boy and girl. Uh, boy and girl. Carl Lichen is uh, seven years old, and oh. uh, Milu Aquila is uh, two and a half years old. Oh, babies. Congratulations. Thank you. And they're car fanatics. Spinning those plates as well. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, um, second car was designed. Geneva. Geneva launch was phenomenal. Uh, for us, was a very emotional time. Just being recognized as one of the global international brands was we were there. Because they don't allow everyone, do they? Geneva is very, very special. Now you're there with the Volkswagens, with the Audis, with the BMWs, Mercedes, and you're there with your own stand, W Motors, launching your car. So it's a different category. How do you hold your own when you got no business experience through these people? No, seriously. Is it you watch your dad? You... No, that was already in 2017. We've already been there, you know, for seven years. You know, oh, seven years, more yeah. than that. Yeah, but it's it's a lot to learn, you know. Is he is he super smart or something? Is he like <laughs> you do you listen to him every day? You go, well, he's a bit of a genius. No, no, we're we're lucky to be surrounded. I'm asking her. I'm not asking <laughs> you. <laughs> so the secret is you should be sitting here with him actually. So the the, the genius is the hard working grafting. And no, no, some of them it's a. He's surrounded, so surrounded with the right people, and uh, we yeah, recruit have... the right people. No, 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 they recruits. We were partnering up with the right uh, experienced people, like the guys from the international companies in Europe, from from Mazda, from Porsche. We got a hundred years of experience that we could have. Uh, you have a flash lifestyle. Flash lifestyle, lifestyle in our oh, very, 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 very down. I feel it. Why? Why are you so humble? Why not? Just. Uh... Listen, you have to. Is it your dad? Where do you going to learn this from? Someone? Was it your dad, your mom? No. Somebody said you don't show off. No, nobody. When, when you make your own thing, you know that. When you create your own thing and you see rock bottom and you see success and you see rock bottom again and you go up and down, you taste it all. So you know the risk of actually losing everything. You know the risk of expertise. Even in my 30, I think I've lived my life. But so. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. It's old soul. Yeah. So it's your soul. You have a family, you have kids. I think the main focus is to. Take less risks in this thing when it comes on the financial side, make more stability in your life. And then keep the company. Do you think about money? Of course. But you think you have to, you know, especially when the company grows, uh, you have you have some biggest cost space and stuff is increasing. Yeah. And uh, the expansion funds we have are quite gigantic. They'll control the monster. They'll be literally becoming a monster today. It's uh, difficult to control because uh, what's funny about people know W from the Bike General Premier, but this is literally 5% of our. Our business today. I mean, about the 95% is uh, what we created in 2015, which uh, is China, uh, when I went, and China became our biggest biggest market in the cycle selfies. So we became, we created a company called the Division, called Special Progress Division, and this was Vitamin Festic. But when you make a supercar company, it's impossible to grow. There are certain limits to how much a company can grow. It's impossible to sustain growth also. And when you sell a product, deposits, payments, if it takes a year to deliver, cash flow, cash. your birth. And takes few years to, to develop new cars. You need to have something else to generate revenues. And this, I realized very early on, company tackle. So in 2015, with our access to China, we became one of the biggest suppliers for consultancy services for the Chinese OEMs. Do you deal directly with the Chinese government or Chinese, Chinese entrepreneur government. or somebody approached you? Yeah, with Chinese startup, Chinese OEM, Chinese uh, some other company. But follow Fast and Furious. They love Mike him. They love the Bowers. Kidding. We love Dubai. He came from the car. Uh, he came from there. The movie. Yeah. So uh, we started generating tens of millions of profits uh, coming for design, engineering, actually for a five-feet chauffeur. But when we use our expertise with our international connection and design experience. And they could still be going to Austria and Germany. Oh, yeah, you know, but we just added now new services that we started doing. Through or third parties, through that So your passion is still in the designing. You do know that. This wasn't the pure design. So how many people are focusing on the Chinese operation? So Chinese is full division. Full division. How many it's people? Not about people. It's a. It's a, when I say full division, it's get probably founded in the engineer for designer. You have the, then you have design directors. Then you have a full team for it. Italy by itself, the software. Then the prototyping. Then you have the manufacturing. It's ongoing, and this has been ongoing for 2015. Uh, we had completing the conference style for the next uh, couple of years. That's a division. And that's one one example. We do cars for several private clients. They come in, they want to design and build something crazy. We design it, we engineer, we build it for them. One-offs. One-offs, caravan, van, buses, cars, whatever you name it. And then 
We do also. Well, you don't get involved in caravans because you're passionate sports car. We do caravans as well. Yeah. No, you personally. Me personally, no, I do, I do, I do. I, I get involved. Of course, in when you get yeah. time to do the design. Some of the really cool caravans, not just an old caravan, but like a spaceship from some other world in the side. So we do a lot of these things. And then Any more movies? No, I think after Fast and Furious, they decided to stop making deals with anybody else like us. No, no, I think difficult to top uh, what uh, what we're offered, what's offered, and I think it's better to keep it as a legacy for the FF7 their franchise. Now this was snapped the record. If you keep on doing one movies, yeah, you become a bit able to more financial. Where's the Chinese market going? Because they bought Rover, bring the MG, MG Baker Park. They were MG here. So I, I first thought it was a great move because they bought into a British brand. So where do you think the Chinese world is going? There, there's because China is becoming the is officially now starting their, this year the biggest uh, export or manufacturer of electric cars in the world by far. So they exceeded the production around what PBS, Europe, everything combined. So, and they are 10 years ahead, in my opinion, 10 years ahead of anybody else, any other manufacturer in the world when it comes to the electric technology, EV, hybrid. Are they using Tesla technology and batteries or they're all helping their batteries at home? So, are you involved in battery electricity? Uh, a lot of these things. So, all the special projects we do for the Chinese are all electric products. It's mean the range standard to build. So there's a lot happening in that space. And a lot of it is actually ex being exported from China to gear. Spring from the region. We have their base as manufacturing assembly established to be gear from Saudi Arabia and the region. So we're handling the world that and infrastructure and the setup of this company. We set up one of the companies that is out in Abu Dhabi as well, for the assembly for them there. So there, there's a lot happening. There. Now you're working with government level, I guess, if you said the manufacturer. Yeah, no, so uh, this is the third division that came by coincidence in 2017. Two years after the first project. There's a lot happening very quickly, right? Every two years, there's something, new, new division that's born. Mm -hmm. But 17, we were requested by the Minister of Interior in Abu Dhabi yeah. to design and build the first SUV for the police force. So it was just an SUV that's built around the technology, not the other way around. So we took it as a concert. We built a one-off called the Beast Patrol, which was presented in JIFEX in 2018 at uh, the Dubai Police Show, the stand. And the car was such, such a marvel. It had you know, prime prediction software, the picture recognition, picture recognition, drones that fly from the roof. Everything is embedded in a monstrous beautiful car. Um, they love, they love it. So his eyes, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid, uh, actually opened up the show and he saw the car for the first time. It became a big statement that he's actually there inaugurating the car. Uh, then the next day, Sheikh Hamdan came every conference. Not only did he see the car, but he decided to rename the car from Beast to Gaya. Gaya is the name of his Falcon. And they became the guy as public. And the Dubai police immediately signed with us an agreement to replace every single police car in Dubai with a guy now. So this was a two-year contract. And in between the two-year contract, we had to do a workshop with all the police forces uh, in the world, actually, to take the feedback. So with Dubai police, we went around the world. We took the start to New York PD, Chicago PD, we went to Belgium, we went to Spain, we went to China. But you couldn't sell this anywhere else, booking the bar. First, it was just, let's get a feedback to understand what are the needs. We're on the right track. And let's build the GAIA program to be a globally renowned program for police and special forces. And you were supported financially by the government. You have to sell funding. You had to sell, you've sell. We developed the company project from scratch. We funded the whole thing, which was massive. We invested around. Big risk. It was around 65 million there on the developing cost just in one year and a half that we've been paying. And, but it paid off. In the end, we ended up signing an official partnership with the government here. So we are the only private company in Dubai that has a partnership with the government entity as a PPP. We develop, we purchase, we share, we market, and we even stay late. Do you sit down with the highnesses and design cars? Of course, and the highnesses, we commander in chief, or whatever. We're, we're there. Really? We're literally in our office every week. So I guess they only deal with you, right? Because one wrong with word, one they could ruin everything. That's that's something that you have to you have to always be available for. You know, for but it's it's actually it's a good that that area has grown. Yeah. And this became, so it started with the first thing. And the first batch of delivery was supposed to be in 2020 during COVID, possible. Uh, we pushed it to 2021. And this is where we became a manufacturing company. And this is where we decided, instead of building our car in Spain, thankfully, in Germany, like we always do, let's take the risk and build it here. So we need this conference. How did you learn how to do that? Good. So within 90 days, uh, you, was it on YouTube? Was it like. A... <laughs> We, you we hire the, the right people who've done this. We've had enough experience. We, we've learned it over the past 10 years. We've been doing it but with our suppliers. So we were there present. We know how it's done. It's not something that you learn at school. You learn it in real life. And we've had this experience. So now we had to hire people here. So we had people literally randomly coming in from a driver that became a car manufacturer from a coffee boy that decided to start building cars. We hired well, over 70 people, I think, in a week, week and a half from Satwa, from, from everywhere. Just, you want to work, let's do it. 
it was phenomenal. And we took these warehouses into the Kid Oasis. We got the machines, we got the equipment, and the cars were delivered in that day, which was phenomenal. Today, the car, the first batch, we have over a million kilometers of mileage on the road. These are actual cars on the road with zero problem and zero breakage. And everything functions. How many do you have So the first batch were 10 cars, first hand, and now we're delivering 400 cars for Dubai. But the first ten, your future, your cash flow sussed. Yeah, if you get paid, if you get paid. Oh, with the, with the, with the government, you have no issue with that. So we're doing that now. And now we just set up the new production line for this car, which is a thousand vehicles a year in our new factory. It's fully automated line that uh, starts out always to produce the SUV for the UAE, for the GCC, North Africa, and the rest of it. It's kind of be a nice sport on a global level. Americans, are they interesting? American is a different kind of product. It's a bit too expensive for the American in my budget. Mm -hmm. So we're dedicating a bit special line for them. Where the cars are actually Go to the US in August. We're going to be presenting there in California. We're doing a US tour and front take also the development side to make it a little more affordable on American engine and chassis for American. Which which project excites you most? Uh, all of them. I think uh, they're all exciting to be out. Which exciting moves? The one you're really proud of. I think you know these are the special ones. Now the one I'm really proud of to be honest is the police car because it's even though it might seem like it's an SUV. There's so much technology over there. There's so much happening in-house that 90% of the car is actually built by us, developed, designed, engineered, and manufactured. So it was, it's a big, big step. But you said Abu Dhabi approach, right? the first one. Uh, yeah. But then Dubai took over. Yeah. <laughs> the last story. So didn't Abu Dhabi get pissed off? Uh, so the story, whatever you want to hear the story, uh, I'd love to, please. <laughs> you've been jumping on so quick, like miracles happening in your life like this, right? So, so the, the car was actually an Abu Dhabi project for a year when we presented the car. It was it's good question though, right? It was a very good question. So it was supposed to be Abu Dhabi. And, um, so three months, this was already, and the car was supposed to be delivered around December, 2018 to Abu Dhabi. So let's go back a few months back. So we're, let's say around more of it, May, oh, ready around there, June, July, 2018. Few months before Jitex, I'm meeting with the commander in chief of the Bipolis for the first time just to present the company and to see what could be done in the future. Nothing to do with the time, fully for company profile presentation. We do supercharge, we design, you know, and then, the and then it's and, the kiss. Yeah, well, hello, what's and we are, we're doing this car, and, I, and, and he's like, hey, can you go back to his team? So we go back to this car, and the whole meeting was about this car. For me, it was a bit strange. Irregular. He just, no, no, he didn't, he didn't know it. He's like, what is this? So I explained this is an SUV for the police that we're doing enough work. But Lauren needed to be ready for Jitex. Yeah, but like, this is a project for Abu Dhabi. I need to manage this. Uh, no, we want this car. No, you want this car. So it was a strange conversation, I must say, you know, because we I didn't know what to do. I do apologize. They paid, right? They paid for No, you got to. No, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi paid. Abu Dhabi paid for the first. Uh, and everybody wants it for Jitex. But Dubai police wanted for Jitex under Dubai police. Now, I'm not the owner of the car initially. Correct. And there's a private company also between the two that's also mediating with M1. It was a complete mess. And the commanders insisted every single week we need to come with the car. With the car. So now here we had two choices. Either you tell Dubai police, you know, you can't do it, deal with it. And then you move to Abu Dhabi. Or you tell Abu Dhabi, listen, there is something interesting happening here. What do we do? Which obviously going to say, no, we need to participate for it. Then you give out your passports back and leave the country. You have another choice is that you, you get another company that help you to help you build it. That will cost you three times more, but it can deliver it all time for October. Because we had Dubai yet. My plan was six to seven months, but I had to do it in a month and a half. We did it, so we... we and they it. said, okay. But you paid them, so we paid, we paid the losses. As W Motors, we put the losses and we do it. And I do it as a neutral car. I did black, no Abu Dhabi, no And we did. So we hired a company that's uh, MB Tech, Mercedes-Benz Topology, which is in Germany, Stuttgart, uh, which does the Mercedes-Benz special card and the Maybach's uh, special card. And why would you do it in launch? Because we were, we, these were the only company, uh, this was the only company that knew how to build such a complex car, but why would you do that? Loss? What was your way to your mind? I think I was screw that. I'm just gonna no. just I'm thinking that guy had to get a million dollars to get the car ready. That's my main fear. Like, I don't care if I lose a million or two or three. You didn't think about the potential of the business. You just I knew, I knew this is going to be quite a big, big potential. So you had our, a yeah, gut feeling that this car cool. will make the future of the company, but we had to make it happen. If I didn't deliver it on time, it's gone. So there's lots of risk going on all the time. Yeah, it's always like that. Yeah, just living on the edge. That's, that's how we do it. And you're the only shareholder, the, the decision maker. Yeah, no, or do you do you have a board? You bounce these ideas yeah, okay. No, yeah. But do they say what the hell are you thinking, Ralph? Yeah, but listen, it's a, the good thing they're all we all have the same mindset. You know, we have we have financial. Support. Or they get fired. No, no, no. The, the, board, the board is yeah, quite, yeah. quite a serious. Board. They either agree with you or they. Uh, it's, it's quite a serious board. Yeah, I'm still the majority shareholder of the company, but uh, our board is quite big. You know, we have. How do you choose your board members? How can I apply? It? <laughs> <laughs> Would love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Marketing and sales. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Yeah. So how do people join your board? How do you choose your board members? Just a some of the shareholders uh, ask for that, you know, and the idea they actually deserve it. And uh, some others, uh, we choose them as advisors of the board. We have a few of our technically from the industry or for the international scene or the political scene that join us as well. It's going to help us with some good connections. And we have quite a good team for the solid team today. Congratulations. Thank you. Almost the way you say it, you're like an accidental millionaire, accidental. You accidentally got here, but it's no accident. No accident. Right? It was all the plan. The plan was to build this. The industry could be supercars or could be supply chain, can be the least fired friendly. We're doing all that today. And step by step, you grow this to, to cater. And you have to be volatile. And I mean, this is part of being an entrepreneur. You have to be volatile. You have to be able to ship and to the needs of the environment. If I should stick on this for 10 years, I will not be sitting here today. I will not be where we are. And you have to look it up for So where can I generate more capital? And where can, where can I build a caravan, let's say, that could make me maybe $20 million each year? Let's do it. Can I make it money smarter? Can the business fine by itself? Let's do it. If we have the capacity to build it, we have a resource, then you know it's a risk, but at the same time, that might potentially pay off. Mm-hmm. So you do it. And that's what we did. So we're out of necessity and our expectation to grow the business. And that's where we are today. So your plant, uh, congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, your plant has got 100 people. You want 200 people. And how big is it? And what's its capacity? So our and what's the plant, future yeah. two, every two years? Our great plant is a 10 grade plant, which we took on from Hyundai and the Kia, which used to be there in the Middle East, at, at office. And this is what we did during COVID to build the Gaia Nikos uh, in this plant. So it's a... Uh, it's a 2,000 square meter. We have a 3D printing machine. We have stuff engineering. This is where we are now. Our other plant, where we started building in 2020 as well, pre-COVID, we took a massive plant from Silicon Analysis with the support of his highness, Chef Abad and and everybody to help us. Uh, we were granted the licenses, and we started building near the plant. Keep in mind that the car factory, it's a full car factory, and this is the first car factory in the Middle East. What I say, it's not assembly. We're building composites, panels, the parts, the battery, fast, and motors, the whole car production line. It's 200,000 square feet. Uh, it's quite a massive place. We have engineering sensors. We have an incubator for tech companies to come and join us. And we have a private chef. We have a guy to lounge. We have a store. We have a cinema. A production line. Everything's there. It's all under one roof. Who designed that? You did. <laughs> In your spare time, what are you uh, playing? This, this, was my, this was my... Uh, actually, the one we built now is design number 57, whatever it is. So it's been in my, been in my dream to build my own factory. And... Uh, Thankful we didn't do it earlier because we wanted to do it, you know, get excited and you know, all that building car. But we did it in the right time. And 2020 was the beginning of it. And it was supposed to be ready by end of 20 before we delayed everything for two years. Uh, we self-financed the factory with no loans whatsoever because the factory was completely built from the land to the construction. To the, everything was built from scratch from the cash flow of the company, which is incredible. The Alibaba with the dub. Everything in the machine will figure it. So, Tesla's Tesla because of all the government funding and financial yep. assistance. So we did ourselves. Can you imagine if you had trillions, what could you do? <laughs> we don't need trillions, but, but yeah, imagine we, I think we're the only company in the manufacturing company that was able to do all this from scratch. And we could go back, we'll tell you, oh no, you know, we don't finance a car factory or it's too risky for us to finance a machine or we don't even have that conversation. Do do? You know that. So we did it uh, to prove to them that we can do it ourselves. Three years later, which now uh, we're opening it back in a month and a half or two months. But it's the date. So it's going to be, we're going to be moving in around all this time, uh, operational then. Do it after 24th of August when I'm back. We're doing the big opening by November time. So I'll be there. Of course. Come in right. No, of course you are. Yeah. So we're going to need a massive milestone for the company. And keep in mind that when we designed the factory in 2020, uh, it was based on our potential world. Now they're moving in in 23. We started working out on phase two, which is the 1.2 million square feet behind that factory. To start building our academies, our you know our whole thing that we actually need today, as we're growing at such a. So what you want to do is you want to get uh, an incubator for the people, so you get a college graduate, university grad, and then yeah. teach them. So we have a partnership with RIT University, which is across the street of mm-hmm. Bangalore. So uh, we have a Nakira Science Lab that's in collaboration with W and RIT team set up now. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of new research programs for the students and their industry. And in W Motors, so we have an R&D center, now we have an incubator to the thousand square meter space. We have a theater, we have meeting room, open space, arcade, projectors, open to anyone. They can go in and use for free and use our restaurants, they can use it. And we have a team dedicated to monitor these people, monitor these companies. And anything that we find interesting, we start investing in them, creating their, their IPs and taking that for production to production all the way. So it's an interesting way to create an R&D team. So what's the culture like in your company? It's an amazing company, everybody. 
yeah, it's a it's a bit of a mess, let's say now, because it's the team yeah, is right, growing fast. Yeah, exactly. We're growing fast, so it's difficult to manage the thing. But everybody's super excited. Our team is dedicated. They work. They share the vision. They share the vision. They share the vision. And they're how many times you can get killed? Uh, we're always together. And how often do you share the vision? Because it's changing all the time, and all the hell is no. no the, the, the vision is there. Yes, but you're alpha again. They all know the target. They all know the vision. They all know that once you're going W, it's not about one product workout. It can be twenty different things that will change tomorrow. They have to the better. That we're making electric vans, but we deliver delivery vans, pickup trucks. We're doing commercial vehicles. We're doing everything. But local market or is eventually international. But they're going to be fully assembled here and buy made here and expanded. You know, kind of electric vans. What's the benefits of uh, apart from the government supporting it, liking and regional? Why would somebody want to manufacture in the Middle East when automatically you think R and D's in Europe, cheaper manufacturing yeah. in China? In France, uh, basically, uh, if you manufacture something in China, you still be competitive. Yeah. Very competitive. Especially develop with the international land, so you have the credibility behind it. You have the certification with it as well. You have the testing that done, the homologation done. All you're doing is bringing more opportunity locally to assemble locally to create something. You know. You know, for the local market, and so we're creating a van. Let's say an example: uh, go to Europe. If you want to buy electric van for delivery. That's one and a half tons, seven, uh, seven nine cubic meter get table, uh, table uh, habit. It will cost you around sixty to seventy thousand euros because of oil and energy, etc., etc., etc. We're doing the same product with the same certification for twenty twenty five thousand dollars. So look at the difference between what it's for. You're a massive market to produce here and start importing. And then, what, you're going to have dealerships in Europe and stuff? Or? This would be to be a fleet uh, So you're dealing with the, I don't know, the UPSs and the yeah. Amazons and stuff dealing like that? directly with the last mile delivery. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have salespeople talking to these people? Yeah, yeah. of course. So we have very modern Europe, which is for logistics, local operation, all this thing. But they need their own representation, company in the brand. Who coaches them how to have dialogue with you? They're, they're here. They're, they're always coming in and out. You're teaching them. Of course, you are. Aren't you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you have salespeople, oh, sales yeah. directors, and managers. So this is happening all of the time. Yeah, so we have Delivery and especially now we have a lot of bad that I can make it in the USA when set up. So we're now we're at the stage where we're growing a company of operation, not products, and not the international scale. Correct. From assembly to bringing presents to engineering. Well, your second plant is going to very soon run out of space, also, right? I will not, but no, the second plan is quite big. It's going to be quite big. So we're starting hopefully very soon, man. It's going to be a big, big game changer in it. When you have a conveyor belt of production, I can't go on for hours. I know we're running out of time. Are, you, are we good to another five minutes? Yeah? Okay. When you're running this uh, manufacturing plant, can you, it has to be the same car? No, what we did is called. Well, I'm thinking of Model T, right? So oh, it has to be the same. Yeah. It's a Model T is, uh, sorry, it's, you're talking mass production. Uh, mm-hmm. What are they doing mass production? Our capacity is a thousand nucleus a year, mixed use, and 5,000 into the temple. We can do 6,000 cars, 5,000 assembly, 1,000 full production. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a lean production, which is a mixed use production line uh, that's working on AGVs. AGVs are automated systems, let's say, they're directed variables, like uh, autonomous uh, flatheads. But pick up the parts, pick up the chassis, and go on a production line based on built in Germany. The AGVs come in from different, you know, they come in from India, from China. Who's really good at it? It's about the whole automotive sector is using it now. The whole number of It's industry 4.0 standard. The beautiful part about AGVs is that you can manipulate the vehicle without having a fixed production line. So if I want to expand it anywhere you like, go anywhere you like. And the whole robotic arms are just there to support. Goes here, but you still have human beings putting the bolts in there. Human beings are still going to be on the stations, but the AGV is carrying the big parts, and the robotic arms are helping helping to put it in position. That's what we created, and this was the only way I could expand my production capacity from 350 vehicles a year to 1,000 plus 600, and that's what we did. So, uh, so we're going to start doing it here, and we'll be the first company in the UAE that needs to get using an AGV system for production. And let's see where it goes. Some ideas might come up. Uh, so, you've got this constant cell. Supply, sales, supply going on all the time. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I really cannot answer. I didn't know where I was. <laughs> 10 years ago, I wouldn't Do you see it. yourself like a 100,000 car? No, no, no. It's never you don't be, want it's that. never going to be our target. No. We always want to be something. We want to be here to create something. If you want to have that habit prior to you, then you lose your passion or interest. You need your passion and put so much energy and thoughts into one product by and start to four or five years of time to buy it where billions of dollars may invest. It's not what you do. Not what I want. We're not doing something for the masses. We're doing something to that will change communities, governments, countries. That's what we do. Bringing infrastructure, you know, bringing connection, bringing the whole, you know, modern technology. Could you be looking at ambulances? 
We're the official partners for Dubai Ambulance Defense. Uh, there's like three paddling in the fleet. You'll be seeing the first ambulances for Dubai Airport coming up and moving over very, very soon. Our team is actually there today. And does Dubai government have an interest in your business? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, they're partners. They are in support today, supporting them in many, many ways. They're coming to them in contract support, fighting the business, and potentially around international support from there. We'll see where it goes. That's in the name Thank you. I'm actually going to demand some tickets to your opening. I don't even want an invitation. No, I'm demanding is, uh, some. I want to come to that damn factory. You should come and visit us before the opening. I think. I'm going away on September for two months, 24th of August. So when you're back in September, so we'll be in the new place already, and uh, we'll have a nice chat over there. I'll be honored. I'd love to see. I feel a sense of pride, really, Thank really you. do. So congratulations. Thank you so much for this. I'm sitting in front of a genius. No. I know. I, you know, you got to have. I don't know. I think you have self worth. You're just very, very humble. <laughs> But you are absolutely a true gladiator. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it's been it. an honor. And I'm sorry for the insult. I said, I'll just bring you my Ferrari and kit it out. Like, no, we don't kit our cars. We make our own. I'm like, ooh, I better take those ones back. And yeah, so I really honor you. And I want to thank the guys who organized this thing to it. So thank you very much. It's glad to share my story. And uh, the story is nothing without actually seeing the weekly live. You know, yeah, the current way. It takes it to a different scale and to understand what we're talking about. So overall, Sonia will be with us. And uh, Thank you for today. Really appreciate it. It'd be an honor. I salute you. Guys, wow. See you again.